Hi, this is Nico from Latino Labs. We've been working on a few different things since last time we've released an episode, and we wanted to share with you the first episode of, of a hopefully weekly um, podcast discussion called Cafe Con Science. Um, and we are hoping to release this weekly in our feed, and we'll um, combine this with our more in-depth Latino Labs episodes, which are a little bit more time costly to produce. But yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy. Uh, and uh, if you have any ideas and any feedback, let us know. Check us out at latinolabs.org or tweet at us at latinolabs on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash latinolabs. Hi. Hi, I'm Andrea. Hi, I'm Alina. Hi, I'm Gabo. And I'm Nico. Yeah, Cafe Con Science is going to be the weekly kind of short, lighthearted version well, of Latino Labs. Well, it is the weekly. Like, what did it, I say? It's gonna. Oh, yeah, is, is. And this is the first <laughs> episode. As you can see, we're still figuring things out. <laughs> um, and this is a space where we just literally take a coffee break after lunch and we chat about things about science, interesting articles or our lives, or our lives things that are happening things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Gawa, you brought us a like, very interesting time. article. <laughs> yeah. So the, the article is about um, the geological and fossil footprint that humans will leave behind if, if our civilization were to collapse right now. Ooh. Okay. Very happy thoughts. Yes. Very, very happy. Uh, <laughs> very happy existential thoughts. Actually, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the SciComm because I think it's really cool that um so it's like it's science communication yeah. yeah that adam was the, the guy who wrote this the atlantic article you know it he tells a story of how he met gavin schmidt and how they were starting to talk about some some other idea so gavin schmidt is the director of the yeah conference. frank adam frank is a is an astrobiologist so he's interested in life outside of the solar system mm. or in the solar system you know what kind of life is there outside of what we know on earth and he was talking to gavin schmidt to see if they could come up with a way to to see markers of industrial civilizations on other planets so like how could you detect if a planet's going through a climate event like ours um like through climate change yeah and stuff like that and burning like b lots of fossil fuels however that looks like and for that's that civilization. like a, a marker of maybe there are people there or like not people but maybe little aliens out there yeah like they could be big. They could be big. They could be small. But are they current aliens? Well, current aliens or like previous? Yeah. Yeah. So like current aliens, maybe you'll be able to see like some sign of current life. But the only way that we can see previous life is if we actually get to that planet. Yeah, exactly. And like start digging. Well, technically, everything you see is previous, right? Oh, that is true. Because everything around us feels like. But right, we can't see the geological footprint of a civilization, but. Um, where they're thinking about, so by thinking about how, what we will leave behind, yeah, then they oh. would go out and look for that. So what, um, what he, what he talks about is that, you know, they're, they're sitting down talking and like in the first five minutes, mm -hmm. Gavin is like, wait, how do you know humans are the first industrial civilization on earth? Mm. That was really cool. Yeah. I read this article yeah, the, yesterday. Did yeah. You say? Anyway. Yeah. It that, blew my mind. I didn't even think about that. So how do you know? <laughs> I've never thought How do about you that. know? And that's that's an important question and I think only there are like two or three publications in the in all of the astrobiology literature that talk about okay, what about previous industrial civilizations in the solar system? How would we know that they're that they've been there if they were like more than 
like a hundred million years old. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, so what that, are the? See, yeah. wasn't it like Doctor Who episodes about this? All like yeah. there's like at least three or something. Where yeah. Like they're like <laughs> dormant underneath the earth. Did <laughs> you mention that? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, there's some TV shows about this for sure. If it is in the solar system, we won't be able to see it unless we're there. Yeah, like we but, have but you can you can imagine do. that in the future we could go and like do some like deep, deep drilling yeah. in, in Mars yeah. and Venus to the see if the next probes could like yeah we the can probes right now yeah right us. now the current probes just pick up rocks from the surface <laughs> and just like look at <laughs> yeah, it yeah and really, like, like, something to like actually like drill like in like fifty hundred years if you know we're not <laughs> extinct because of climate change. Um, we might be one I mean, we could evolve to a different species. Wait, okay. Wait, 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 I, so there's wait, wait, another wait, wait, article wait, wait, wait. that I read about that, but we don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, so there's a group of people that can breathe, or not breathe, but hold their breath for 13 minutes, and it's like micro, micro, micro evolution. It's like real people. The people that do like apnea competitions. They like, <laughs> they, they're like divers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the divers, yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. irrelevant. But yeah, we might. Maybe we'll In all be mermaids. Million, yeah, yeah 50 million years. Because you can train. And like a friend of mine actually had to save one of them because he like trained too hard and then was drowning. But no, they're because not they They're not trained. Like this is their, like this very small group. Yeah. They have, I don't know, they were thinking that maybe it's like a difference in spleen size or something that just happens to help mm. anyway like they'll like expand like they can hold more air in i don't know uh, it takes them yeah, like they reduce the like cardiac rhythm and stuff like, yeah or, or uh, higher oxygen concentrations yeah, in the blood yeah. stuff like that anyway yeah. so there we might we might evolve so, so coming back to space yeah <laughs> going back to no space. we don't need to come back well, to <laughs> we're talking about science fiction in general yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but like now i'm curious because i'm like okay but haven't we like looked at a lot of like geology and ice and and, and ice and we've looked at you know we discovered all kinds of okay it's very the the, the conditions to find bones are fossilized are very particular so it's not like we found a lot of them Uh but we found enough that that we're like okay we think this is going on we have the layers we have a pretty good model for the tectonic model it's so the fossil records actually it's hard it's hard. <laughs> no, it's it's really complicated for for a living thing to fossilize, and it depends yeah. a lot on like what how how its body looks. They um, let me see. They have an estimate about how how much life is essentially fossilized. Fossilized, yeah. Wow. So like they say here in the in the technical paper that for all the dinosaurs that ever lived, there are only a few thousand near complete specimens, or if you put it in different terms, you have about like five or ten individual animals across like all of the animals that we know of in the dinosaur period every hundred thousand years. So oh, like, five every wow. hundred thousand years so five, of all the world population. Yeah. So like it's they're very rare, which is like true, which is they're 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 very rare. Fossil fossils are yeah. super rare. I've never thought about that scope. Like either. how to fossilize yeah, right, humans. Yeah, I keep on forgetting that dinosaurs live for like millions of years. Right. right? And it's like, yeah. Not not like one, but like a <laughs> species, right? Yeah. Um, Just one dinosaur and anomaly. So, and we haven't found there's not has there been enough time to have like a fossilized like homo sapiens no homo no, sapiens, not, no, no but like you know some homo ancestor oh. yeah and so oh neanderthalus yeah. homo. so there, there's lots of good fossil evidence for that but that's because it's very recent it's like yeah, it's, it's been in the, in the last hundred or so three hundred thousand years bones. i don't think they're stone they're yeah exactly yeah so they're not fossilized i oh. wonder if there's also a size issue there there is um so something something that they talk about in the article is that 
the oldest exposed land, which is where you could find like structures or like a an old like building is like two two and a half million years old. Oh, because of the tectonic. Yeah, because Ships. of the tectonics, because everything is moved. It's like a, it's like a conveyor belt, right? Yeah, where it gets recycled. You should come closer. All right, so it gets recycled, right? It's like a conveyor belt where like, the <laughs> continents are like drifting. But then at some point to just go, go back under. and then like melt away in lava and then they like lava comes back in the are... dorsal like and then and in volcanoes and stuff and so of course like they get basically it's like land recycling yeah and what they what they argue is that um any any structure that hangs around for like more than two million years what do you mean by structure so like a, a building oh, like, or okay. like pyramids okay. all right okay um okay. like big um Big architectural projects okay. would o- would only last about two to two and a half million years old. And that's it. Very, like, very good. Like yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think anything we've built could survive. I don't remember. But it was I, like, I I was talking to someone just now, and they said that um, cast iron or cast metals are essentially impossible to, or really really hard to erode away. But I, I think that over over two million years you. Yeah. What can happen in two million Wait, years? Wait, so in two million years, that's the amount of time that like the whole plate recycles, or or no, the that particular too short. or that particular area on Earth. Yeah. So the the thing is, the oldest land we have now is like two million years old. Yeah. So it is to take. So it, it is, is to, okay. So it is how long it takes from like something you can stand on to go to something you can't stand on. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So how long does like plastic last? So it actually that's one of the. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So plastic. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go with, like the list of things that, if we were to go extinct, no, not like I'm like you know what would we what would we leave behind in the sediments? So the the the, <laughs> the real question is how much of what we've left behind turns into rock that yeah. stays, okay, chemically stable for millions of years. Yeah, Teflon. Only the backbone. No, <laughs> not even. Only the big bone people. Yeah. <laughs> the what? The big, what? big bone? Cause like the big like bone. Large bones have better chance and then over time, they just shrink, oh, so they look tinier than what they are. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, and they can like pulverize or whatever. Yeah, but like it, it, bones get like very porous. I actually don't. I actually do not know what is the chemistry behind crystallization. Yeah, we're all sitting here I wish, speculating. I wish, <laughs> I wish we had some chemists in the room. Hey, hey, now. Excuse ah. me. <laughs> we're just not that kind. We're of We're not biochemists. <laughs> Okay. We care about the sun and like um. semiconductors and like yeah. It's I think a bone is about like what ten to the ten ten to the twenty times too big for anything I look at. <laughs> a little bit oh, too big. Yeah, it's billion, mm-hmm. billion yeah. Times. I mean, we're looking at things that are like nanometers wide. Yeah, molecular at best. <laughs> So you're not. So you're no, not, you're not useful in these particular. No, no we're, not. we're we yeah, can, we're you're completely useless chemists right now. Hey now, <laughs> um, we do very There's useful. There's no such thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, I agree. Um, it's all about whether or not we're doing something that is useful for the economy, the current economic <laughs> well, model. You, you probably uh, are doing more. Okay, we're gonna get into the economy and like applications and stuff, but but you know, <laughs> not now. I maybe. think I think all of that is good, but we can. I mean, I'll be happy to talk about. Well, we we should discuss. Yeah. So in the class in the class that I'm designing syllabus for, because we'll be teaching that in May. You're doing master. a class. I'm teaching a class on science policy at the Colorado State level. Cool. And so you, you should not. This is it's gonna be going going when we release this episode. But um, okay. so one of the one of the 
one of the topics of the day is like to think about how to communicate, well, what is the value of science? Like, first of all, the people in the class, we're going to discuss different things. What are the different points of view? You know, the economical models, like social values models, and how do you like actually talk about them and how do you communicate them? So there's going to be, it's not an easy question. Yeah. And it's very hard to measure. So okay. people don't know. Yeah. But okay. so you were talking about, Gabo was talking about, um, what we would leave behind yeah. <laughs> as humans if we were to go extinct. Yeah, and the, the, the problem is um, essentially anything that doesn't turn into a rock will fade away forever, go into the, into the mantle. And right, we have ice cores, we have uh, like geological layers of rock that go down a couple or more than uh, two million years, but not a lot gets stuck there. And so the plastic was not any, like, your plastic bottle's not going to survive, like, oh. more than two million years. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but mean, right... Luckily, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, but right now, it's, like, currently there's clear evidence of uh, microplastic. So essentially mm -hmm. your water bottle gets ground down right, by, and eroded by the ocean. And as like little animals and erosion uh, eat and process plastic into smaller and smaller pieces, it'll like rain down onto the, the seafloor. Mm -hmm. And that could turn into a rock and be visible. But the, the really, the critical thing is that we're, we're a very young species. And we, we've been industrial. We've been causing these large-scale changes to the earth for like 300 years at most. And Yeah. And so ultimately, someone at a different civilization would have had to come to this point and stay there for a long time to be visible from now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And right now we're like at the danger of like, or we're causing... Danger zone. <laughs> Definitely. No, we're, we're, we're causing like massive climate change and... Uh, big extinction events that are that are going to be visible like we're, we're definitely leaving behind something um but the the question they're asking is is it going to be obvious that it was a civilization yeah that caused it was that it was us that caused it exactly yeah and it's 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 not clear right now if we if we keep on like <laughs> acting at the same rate like burning fossil fuels making plastic um for i would say like 500 more years? I don't know. I, Five mo that's 500 I know. more years of destructive industrialization? <laughs> yeah, because so one of, one of the things that they talk about is that um, this is obviously unsustainable. And so right. any, any smart society would, any smart industrial civilization would realize that... Self-correct. Yeah, exactly. And stop burning fossil fuels. And for us, that's been like 300. Maybe it'll be 200 more years until we're like... Full solar everywhere, or nuclear, and or like full, yeah. like more, like more sustainable. Yeah, yeah, so it's gonna take a while. Like depends on who you talk to. It's, if it takes fifty years with a very optimistic and a few hundred and a few billion people dead, for others, uh, yeah, we but have like what kind of markers? high chances to self self correct. I think most people, a lot of so, people, just feel like people will have to die before. Right. What kind um, of we don't, don't want that. No, we don't want that. But that's like yeah. Some some people are resigned to say like we. People won't see that this is really happening until they don't know somebody that will be affected. And that's going to be, first of all, too late to revert a lot of things. But then we can talk at least about adapting. Yeah. But at that point, it may be too late to like keep on having a big global industrial civilization. Ah. And that's the, so like, 
not only is it self-correcting, it's extinguishes itself on the order of like a thousand years. Could be. So really the thing is that the only way to leave some sort of marker that this was for sure a civilization that was industrialized, not like some weird other thing, is to have kind of a, a destructive but long-lived episode. Yeah, stay alive. And so that's hard, right? Because we either do this thing that's going to kill us because eventually we'll run out of things and we won't have... Yeah, Right, we'll, so it'll like it'll self-destruct, or we will correct and fix it, and then not leave a trace anymore. So, so going back to the question of how do you know there were no uh, other industrial civilization on Earth? I guess this would be like, well, if that industrial civilization was short enough, exactly, then we can't know. If it was short enough, we can't know, um, and that might be if they just like burned. So, so the thing things. we can say for certainty is like there was no like super giant and super long-lived industrial civilization. Yeah, fair. <laughs> right? And but like maybe there was one that, was, that short. was short-lived and then they like died. Maybe they were crazy like for like a few hundred years left a tiny little blip and then they smartened up and lived a lot longer. Yeah, and, and then, then but still left barely still any. Like, but, but, but not, they still had to crash out sometime because Yeah, cuz they're not alive now. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, right, right. Or <laughs> what if? <laughs> Wait, guys. What if? What if? I'll bring out my whiteboards and like my tinfoil hat. Yeah. What if they left? What if we are them? What if we are them? Like we came back. <laughs> no. no, that probably didn't happen. Tinfoil hats. <laughs> but maybe they left. No, that would also. No, we would be able there to see them. There would be marks. I don't. Would there? What if? Okay. Well, okay. What if a civilization left? So would the, you be and able this to is, see that? This is the and this is the oh, the interesting so part of the paper. Uh-huh. No, the, the interesting part of the paper is that there's been a lot of like people like people have been thinking about this for for a long time. There's lots of science fiction about like old civilizations. There's like these conspiracy theories. Aliens built the pyramids and Right. Um, yes. And because humans yeah. are incapable of making pyramids. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, pyramids they're are like... easy. You just need a few thousand a few thousand slaves. <laughs> and you're good. Yeah, no, but the the Stonehenge. But there's whatever. there hasn't been a lot of like serious scientific investigation into the question of were there like dinosaurs that had cars? <laughs> like, you're asking the real questions, <laughs> no, man. No, okay, no, it's true. It's true. Like, because we have so little information, it, it yeah. is, I don't think you can prove that it's impossible. So yeah, I guess so that's the point of the paper. So, so we, we'll put all these papers on our website. Yeah, we we will. We'll, we also will have a better website. Um, <laughs> and, and so. Yeah. Uh, but these are interesting questions, which is like what you have to ask when you're in, into science. You just ask. The, there's no, yeah, it becomes no crazy. question is too silly. No, yeah, no question is silly. It just becomes like crazy when you have evidence that goes against your reasoning, and you don't. If you're not willing to change your mind, then then there's a problem. But if yeah. you have a question and there's no data, you're like, well, maybe we should maybe we should check this out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so like, specifically the the evidence that they that they talk about. I don't know if you guys want to talk about this. Okay, come on, bring it. If y'all want. So they, they I've say, been asking for it for like the whole episode. <laughs> um, All right. So they in in the paper and in the in the article they talk about uh, the Paleocene Eocene thermal maximum. Ooh. Oh. Right, P- you wanna bring okay, translate break that, that break yeah. that down like for me. So. Yeah, exactly. Was that a mass extinction event? Um, nah, I, let's read. So it's a, <laughs> let's read. <laughs> it, it's a thermal maximum. So like temperatures during this change <laughs> of, do, of geological periods were like super high. Do they know about this because of paleo, paleontoclimatology or whatever, by looking at the rings of the trees? 
It's yeah. It's probably forty six. Ring trees, ice, oh, right. ice cores. Ice cores. Yeah. Earth cores. So like mineral mineral sediment. So I just really like there. There are paleontoclimatologists. I just really like <laughs> wow. that word. So what? Like I remember the first time I was at a conference and there was a room and I was like. What are these people? What do they do? I'm gonna. And they're like one of like really the thirty. The time. Paleoclimatologists in the world. No, there's like a lot of people. I think because that's how you get data from like, oh, like hundreds. Yeah. Okay. So hundreds okay. of years with trees, and then we've course we can go back millions of years. Yeah. Yeah. Or other methods. I don't know a lot about the the methods. Just. Uh, so anyway, so how high did it get? So it was uh, the average temperature for this like change in geological period was 15 degrees Fahrenheit higher what than what we have today. So it, this is a very very big warming in the Earth. So like seven degrees of of real degrees of Celsius. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Centigrade. Um, and so That's they they talk about you know in at this time. Um, there was no ice. We didn't have the Earth didn't have a big ice cap. How long ago was this? How did they make ice cream? <laughs> Fifty-six okay. million years ago. Salt, lots and lots of salt. Fifty-six. Yeah. <laughs> Salty ice when cream. Dinosaurs. No, like. No, a little I mean, bit um, before that. Okay. So it was uh, dinosaurs. The Cretaceous period ended about sixty, sixty-five million years ago. Okay. Um, I like how you say a little bit. It's still like millions of years. After. Yeah. <laughs> but it's right. Only, right. We need to cut up our numbers. Anyway, so there you had that, and then 15 degrees, that's a lot, that's a lot more than we're looking at in the next few, like, yeah. what are you two, two talking about? Like, we're talking about salt and ice, and um, <laughs> how you can make things very cold if you add salt to ice, Yeah, but that's irrelevant right now. It's not irrelevant. But isn't that how, like, Fahrenheit, like, the zero degrees Fahrenheit came about? Like, they oh. salted ice, they took it to, like, a saturation point? I don't... You're the okay. chemist in the this room. This is some, I, yeah, some but, history that but, I don't know. But this is up like up science until, history. This up, isn't up like... Up until today, I thought Fahrenheit was just made up. Like <laughs> no, somebody, there is a reason Somebody was like, uh, cold is zero and warm is 100. There are a, lot of, <laughs> no. there are a lot of stories of how Fahrenheit came out. Like, it's like body temperature of people. I've heard body temperature of a horse. I've heard like a lot of different <laughs> there things. There were things back then. They were able there to salt markers. water. They were able to... Okay, body temperature is this... Amount yeah. of heat, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were those were the things. That's what you had. You had a person on hand, and you had salt water on yeah, hand. I, I, I don't know. I actually don't know how the history of how Celsius became to be, but it is defined. Well, as Celsius like, is pretty easy. It's like, boiling water, freezing water. It's like, like the amount of yeah, it's between zero and a hundred, and yeah. then it turns out that it's also well, the other units are defined with respect to that because it's that the temperature change in one liter of water after you introduce one joule of energy in it. Yeah, one. Yeah. So it's one, one, one. Oh, the magic of the international system of units. Yeah. <laughs> but you can just pick any system of units and as long as define it, define it, being consistent. Yeah, Fahrenheit could be connected <laughs> yeah, to something weird. else. But what? It's, it's weird it, that you guys are insulting us when this is all physics anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not insulting anybody. I'm like, you know, like when Fahrenheit was created, it, it was, it was, it suited it was a its legitimate. Purpose. Yeah. And honestly, if I'm talking about like in the day, what temperature is it? I think. The, you know, zero to 100 scale makes sense. Zero, you don't go outside. 100, you don't go outside. And then, <laughs> and then that's it. Anywhere in between, like, you'll probably be okay. You won't be comfortable, but it'll be fine. 50 to 60 is really nice. 
it checks out, right? No, no, no. That this is where I thought it, it was coming from. Like people feeling like, well, <laughs> the temperature, the lowest temperature you can go out just, in, and the highest temperature just, we, you can go I mean, out. this is the usual rant, but units in the US like, um, making no sense. It is. Uh, it has been like half an hour. Do you yeah. want to cut it here and continue another time? I don't. Or? What do you want the listener to know? <laughs> What? We just broke the fourth button. How many buttons? Yeah, we this broke is... several walls several times. Are there walls in... Jeez. In a podcast? We're talking to all the listeners all the time. Yeah. How are you guys doing? <laughs> How are y'all doing? You're not That's breaking the fourth Anyway, so... Um, I think Andrea's doing... So, like, we were hoping with Cafe Con Science, we'll just come here every week, chat about things that are interesting. Not all conversations will be finished. As you can see, we're going in every direction. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully... Yeah, he's like you're part of the family. Yeah, we can yeah. pick this up at a later episode too. Yeah, yeah. but once like, we check, all learn more check, about check this article out, especially the one from the Atlantic because it's well written and it's definitely very it's very approachable. And this like this thing about the um, I'm sorry we can get to ta- talk more about this thermal maximum, but that's interesting because it's we roughly can talk what we're expecting and stuff. And that yeah, will that will up. go to climate change. We'll see about that. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, from these four scattered brain sciences to you, thank you for listening. Yeah.
Cool. Cool, cool. That should be enough. <laughs> Are you not breathing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>